with lead pollution just under a million. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with uh, Anna Fenton and me, Jim Gould. And on Back Chat this morning, uh, we're talking about uh, tourism and local tourism. And that's uh, after the uh, uh, Tourism Board uh, launched its uh, Spend to Redeem uh, local tours and Staycation Delights uh, programme. Um, we have uh, with us uh, two guests for Backchat this morning. Uh, with us is Professor Haiyan Song, Associate Dean at the School of Hotel and Tourism Management at the Hong Kong Polytechnic University. And also Freddie Yip, uh, President of the Hong Kong Travel Agent Owners Association. Um, good morning to you both. Uh, perhaps, uh, uh, Professor Song, if we could uh, ask you first. Um, so the Tourism Board has uh, relaunched uh, these two initiatives uh, and have uh, promised uh, a Hong Kong summer treats uh, promotional campaign. Um, now, given the difficulty of uh, travelling overseas at the moment, um, um, how popular do you expect these uh, uh, local tourism programmes to be? Uh, yeah, I think uh, any uh, uh, help from uh, the government in terms of uh, stimulating the local tourism will help uh, to uh, start uh, uh, the tourism to return to normal gradually. Uh, I think these uh, programs will certainly help uh, the local residents uh, in terms of uh, meeting their travel design, at least uh, uh, looking at uh, the local tourist attractions and heritage site first, and then prepare them for uh, international travel when the border fully opened. Uh, yes, so this scheme is quite interesting. So uh, you have to go to a dedicated uh, re uh, restaurant or outlet, and if you spend $800 or more, then you can sign up for, tour for tours or reserve uh, staycation offers at uh, different stages. Um, um, it's, uh, it's been done before. So um, uh, has it proved uh, successful so far in the past and a good idea to launch it again? Yeah, I think uh, it has been uh, successful in the past. It's uh, before the fifth uh, wave, the, quite a lot of interest being generated uh, of uh, the local tours by the residents. And this scheme, of course, is uh, aimed not only to revive uh, the tourism in local tourism in Hong Kong, but also help the local businesses, which uh, has uh, suffered considerably uh, over the last two years. Uh, yeah, I think any help. Uh, you know, from uh, as a financial or incentive uh, from the government and the industry will certainly help those small and uh, medium-sized businesses uh, to recover. And I guess it helps to showcase Hong Kong's attractions as well to people who maybe are not so familiar with them. And if they go there, enjoy it, uh, they'll uh, revisit in the future. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at uh, uh, locations like the uh, uh, Victoria, well, obviously the harbour, Victoria Harbour, but also uh, Lantau, the cable car up to Nongping and the big Buddha there and, uh, and uh, outlying islands, uh, seafood, uh, lunch and dinner offers, that sort of thing. So, so it's good for it's good for people who maybe don't get around uh, Hong Kong, don't get around the territory as much as they could. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, for example, me myself, actually, I've been in Hong Kong for uh, seventeen, eighteen years, but I seldomly travel to uh, local uh, places, especially with uh, rich uh, local uh, culture and uh, you know heritage. I actually before the fifth uh, wave, I was on a tour to look at. Uh, the West Kowloon area, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mangkok uh, and, uh, you know, this area. I actually seldom went uh, to this place, but then I had uh, a tour uh, in the region. I found it fascinating, so I will certainly go back again and again, not only this uh, particular area, but many other local areas. So it certainly will generate the interest of local people, and then the word will spread. Uh, to their friends, their relatives, when they visit uh, Hong Kong, you know, they will be showing around to these areas. So certainly it will make Hong Kong more attractive in the future. I think it probably applies to many of us, uh, uh, no matter where you live. If, if there's an attraction on your doorstep, perhaps you, you don't give it as much interest as you would, like getting on a plane and going overseas. And, Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, well, let's bring in uh, uh, Freddie Yip. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. So, uh, so what do you think of this uh, initiative uh, by the Hong Kong Tourism Board? Well, uh, definitely we welcome the scheme uh, to be relaunched um, mm. to subsidize these uh, our residents can uh, join a free trip or have a, a beach uh, staycation. And uh, I, I think uh, we welcome, we welcome it. But uh, to our travel agency, uh, the owner or the operator can't make any uh, profit at all. Mm. But at least this can offer a job for some of the tourist coaches or the tourist guy. And uh, most of the tourist guy has lost the job in the past two long, long years. They have maybe they give up. The, this industry, they, they join the other industry already. And um, yes, the response, uh, the inquiry for joining the local tour is increasing a lot because that will be free of charge. Uh, they don't need to pay, and the TV will subsidize uh, the, the money for joining this tour. But uh, to us, we are looking forward to have the crews coming back to Hong Kong because uh, during so long time uh, banding restaurants, everything in Hong Kong for more than four months, uh, people are very eager to go out. So even without the local tour, uh, no, uh, without the crews, Mm. Uh, who's nowhere. Mm. So during the weekend and holiday, the family, they will go out by themselves to, uh, to, to, to have a break. So uh, that's very normal. But for the, the tourism industry, we are still waiting, waiting for the border can be open and the, and the, the airplane can come in again. Mm. Most of our travel agencies, they rely on selling the ticketing, planning a trip for the, the client in overseas. 
but uh, right now we still are waiting for this opportunity, and not many airlines are coming back to Hong Kong yet, due to the existing uh, policy of the circuit breaker rule. Yeah. They will uh, ban the airline for seven days and not allow to come back to Hong Kong in case they find there will be three confirmed cases yeah. in the airplane. Yeah. That is also our industry talking to the government, hope they can relax a little bit to allow more airline coming into Hong Kong. So it won't be helping the travel agency. It will help the restaurant, the retail sector. The, so a lot of uh, uh, business uh, waiting for the recover and resume. The, the, the air services. So, and Freddie, Freddie let, yeah. let's talk about the whole business model of being a travel agent and how the COVID situation has changed that. Because in my experience, two travel agents I know have just packed up and left Hong Kong. They've emigrated. So, at the end of this, how many travel agents will be left standing, do you think? Uh, I, I can tell you that. Is, uh, we have all together totally around 1,700 licensed travel agents. Right. Uh, official record I checked, there were about 100 were given up, so still left behind 1,600 licensed agents. Uh, in the past uh, two years, all together the government has give a subsidy to the licensed agent five to six times. And the, the agents are very, very small. They give up the office. Mm. They lay off the staff. So the boss himself or herself doing everything. But actually, there's nothing to do. Yeah. They keep the license only. Yeah. So the active, the active one can remain, I think, less than 50, 60 travel agency is still active, still doing something uh, in, the day, in these days. So it's, a, so it's an endangered species. Mm. So I'm also hearing that right now they're being driven demented by people constantly rebooking and changing their tickets and having to rebook and change the quarantine. And of course, for the travel agent, there's no money in doing that. It's just staying up all night trying to rebook people. And I hear now that agents are starting to charge a fee for actually like a consultation fee. Do you think with the, the, the temptation that people have to book online in future that travel agents will actually now charge for their service properly and officially? Uh, traditional way to find a travel agency to help them to book a ticket, book a hotel, to save their time, that was before. But in the past few years due to the technology, and um, developed so people easily book the air ticket by themselves easily just book by the website yeah okay but recently they find out a lot of problem happened once uh, the seat was being cancelled or there's a quarantine hotel has something wrong with them yeah. so they can't get help at all so they try to look for the plan who has been working in the travel agency. A, a friend of mine told me that a friend of him or a customer, a customer for, for him for more than 10 years didn't contact him, suddenly called him for help. 
the son or the daughter should come back to Hong Kong, and uh, the, it was a mess. Uh, during the transit, uh, the flight was cancelled, so they need the help. So in that case, the travel agent say, I can't do everything free of charge for you. Mm -hmm. I need to uh, survive, so they start to uh, charge the service fee. So I think this is uh, quite reasonable, and the customer also, they like to, uh, to pay for it if they can solve the problem for them to find a way to get him a seat or get him a hotel rooms for them. Do you think this is fair for, uh, to the travel agency? So going forward, do you think that a, a service fee will be applied by travel agents? And do you think that, the, that that would be a percentage of the ticket price? Or how would they charge for their fees? Well, that is between, that's between them. I think they normally charge a few hundred dollars. Depends on what kind of services they require from the travel agency. And in fact, it's a very uh, it's a hard time, it's a difficult time for the travel agency to keep uh, the operations in the past two or three years, and if they still alive, still uh, working, they can uh, capable to provide the services to help the customer. I think uh, they, they are willing to pay them a few hundred dollar fee. Mm. But I was told recently some of the ticketing agency who are mainly specialized doing the business for the corporate uh, account. The business resumed almost 50% uh, right, uh, before the, 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 the epidemics because a lot of uh, expats and the families start to move out from Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. They need to buy the seat and uh, uh, an arrangement. Mm -hmm. So they're quite busy for special uh, travel agents like that. But for other travel agencies for doing inbound tour business, they totally nothing to do because there were no groups or no passenger coming from mainland China or overseas coming to Hong Kong, so they can't do anything. And also the outbound travel agency is the same situation. There's no Hong Kong people can allow to join a tour to overseas or to mainland China. So there's nothing to do. Oh, okay. So talking about so many travel agencies, it all depends on what kind of business they are doing uh, for, for them. I think many have gone into insurance selling now, something else to do. Uh, Professor Song, uh, from the point of view of the tourism and uh, travel industries, um, what would be more important, uh, opening the border with the mainland or opening to international travel? Uh, yeah, this is a very uh, good question and also uh, uh, a question that uh, probably uh, uh, everybody is asking. Yeah, I think uh, Hong Kong somehow is uh, in a dilemma. If uh, look at you look at uh, other countries, especially in Europe and America, uh, life is uh, resumed to normal. So they already decided to coexist with uh, COVID. Uh, and my friend told me in the UK they do not talk about uh, COVID at all there. Mm. Uh, so they probably uh, already you know uh, things uh, return to normal, but. Uh, Hong Kong is also relies on heavily on the Chinese um, market uh, in terms of tourism and uh, other things, retail uh, sales as well. Uh, but China has much more stringent uh, policy in terms of uh, uh, control of the uh, COVID-19 cases. 
Um, so yeah, Hong Kong is somehow in a position that uh, will have to decide uh, in the near future uh, how to uh, gradually open its borders uh, to international tourists. I think as long as uh, Hong Kong can control at the border uh, of imported cases from other countries, uh, there's still a possibility that uh, Hong Kong will probably uh, uh, you know, uh, control the uh, spread of the uh, virus very well. So it can open to international tourists first and then gradually open to China. Well, China probably in the future, I presume, will also relax uh, its policy because uh, it's not uh, sustainable in the long run to close its doors to international travel. So I think probably Hong Kong should uh, gradually start to open uh, to international travelers. I think uh, uh, Hong Kong has already lifted the restrictions to non-residents uh, coming to Hong Kong. I know some of my friends are planning to visit Hong Kong in the summer, and I'm uh, planning to go to Europe for my summer uh, uh, holidays. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'll probably uh, start to open uh, international uh, to, to international tourists and then gradually uh, open to China, depend on the China's uh, uh, restriction policy. Uh, uh, Professor Song, um, we hear nothing of Macau these days, and that's always been a bit of a busy tourism uh, situation between Hong Kong and Macau. What's going on there? Yeah, Macau basically controlled uh, uh, the COVID situation very well because China requires them to have zero COVID for certain period of time. So there will be, if this is the case, there will be no restriction uh, to Chinese tourists. So they are actually basically still fully open to Chinese tourists. That's why uh, their business, tourism business and the gaming industry probably is doing much better. Uh, so, but they yeah. have 14 days quarantine. We only have seven. Yeah, but they can't, they, there's no lo- local cases uh, in Macau. Uh, so I think they're still uh, close to international tourists, but only mainly uh, open to the Chinese uh, market. Mm-hmm. Um, F- Freddie Yip, uh, let me put that question yes. to you. So, so from the uh, Travel Agent Owners Association's uh, point of view, uh, what's more important, um, open border with mainland China or internationally? Well, uh, among so many travel agencies in Hong Kong, as I just uh, tell you, that we still have uh, 1,600 licenses, most of them. More than 90% of these uh, travel agencies, they are selling the air tickets. Of course, they hope the, the international flight can resume the operation back to Hong Kong back to normal so they can provide the services mm. for international. But uh, open the border for China, uh, there are not more than 20, 30, 40, uh, or maybe 100 travel agencies. They are doing the inbound from mainland China, mm-hmm. or they operate a uh, package tour to, to China. Mm-hmm. So I think if both border and the airport can uh, open, of course, it's good for our economy, not good only for the travel agency. So we need the tourists from the mainland, also from the overseas, come to Hong Kong. And it is uh, it's an international hub. Right now, we are 
we are shut down. So I think, I hope the government can consider open either one uh, for Hong Kong. This will be good for our economy. And the Macau, between Hong Kong and Macau, I can tell you honestly, uh, Macau, if they allow Hong Kong residents, uh, Hong Kong people going to Macau, actually benefit the economy in Macau a lot. Before, they rely the income from the casino, but everybody knows what short of uh, policy now. So the income drops a lot. So they also rely a lot of the tourism going there. I can tell you that most of the foreign uh, foreigners or overseas visitors or the mainland Chinese people, they come to Hong Kong, they like to make an extension, a trip to Macau together, Hong Kong and Macau. So if Macau ban Hong Kong, allow Hong Kong to go in there, they will, they will lose a lot of tourism. Talking about 30, 40 million visitors a year in Macau, uh, for them is a benefit that tourism sector a lot. So I think everybody is now waiting for the policy. When can they open? Okay, just to, returning to the Hong Kong scene, so the tourism board uh, it mentioned um, various uh, thematic promotions like uh, arts in Hong Kong, uh, which is uh, going on at the moment in the middle of uh, May. And also when social distancing measures are further relaxed, it'll introduce a, a series of mega events and great offers dedicated to the 25th anniversary of the Hong Kong SAR. So that's uh, uh, so there should be some uh, uh, big uh, activities uh, going on around uh, June the 1st, um, sorry, July the 1st. Uh, this year. So, um, Professor Song, um, do you know anything about that? Have you heard anything about uh, what we might be able to expect? Yeah, I think uh, there's quite a few uh, major events uh, planned uh, to celebrate uh, the 1st of uh, July uh, uh, of Hong Kong returning to, returning to China. I think uh, this uh, this is uh, a good, uh, these are good initiatives, um, but the if the border cannot open uh, in June or July, you still will not be able to attract uh, international uh, interest and participants. Uh, so it will be probably um, local uh, activities. So I will hope uh, by then there will some uh, international tourists uh, and also uh, from mainland China uh, tourists from mainland China will be able to travel to Hong Kong, uh, you know, to join those uh, mega events. Mm. Um, so tourism numbers from overseas. So you mentioned that, of course, uh, uh, the ban on non-residents has been lifted. Um, and also some of your friends are going to come and visit uh, Hong Kong uh, over the summer. That's despite the current uh, seven-day quarantine requirement. Um, but, uh, can you imagine that we can start to see uh, larger numbers of overseas uh, tourists uh, now arriving? Uh, yes, I think uh, according to statistics, we already received uh, a, a quite a, a number of uh, international visitors over the last month. Mm. Uh, uh, so over, over the last... Do we know how uh, many? Yeah. Uh, actually, I heard it's a couple of thousand uh, uh, since it's uh, the ban. Uh, I think uh, the number will uh, increase gradually. And, of course, the government is looking at whether uh, the quarantine uh, period can be further reduced 
for international travelers uh, and also for local residents, whether they can uh, return to Hong Kong, whether they can do quarantine at home or not. These are all good uh, uh, initiatives. And uh, uh, if these are realized, I'm sure the number will increase considerably uh, over the summer. That's the situation if you come in from China right now, isn't it? You quarantine at home. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, OK, well, maybe we might uh, be hearing some more about that in the, the next wave of uh, relaxation of anti-epidemic measures, which is uh, due in the middle of next month. Um, so, well, right now um, we've got to think about bringing the programme to a close, but uh, thank you very much, uh, both of you, uh, for taking part uh, this morning. Uh, that was uh, Professor Haiyan Song, uh, who's Associate Dean at the School of Hotel and Tourism Management at Hong Kong Polytechnic University. And thanks also very much to uh, Freddie Yip, who's uh, President of the Hong Kong Travel Agent Owners Association. Um, before we bring the programme to a close, uh, a couple of uh, emails. Uh, this one, well, actually, this is a message on our Facebook page. Um, that's uh, Backchat at RTHK Radio 3. So uh, Richard leaves a message. Uh, Richard, not very impressed with these um, <clears throat> initiatives, by the way, says, uh, again, how much was the amount of taxpayers' money spent on a programme to get people to go nowhere? We are done with cruises and flights to nowhere, not to mention staycations. And this from uh, Phil who's uh, on another subject, actually, talking about uh, the new uh, incoming CE John Lee's um, announcement of uh, uh, new jobs with the government reshuffle and the reorganising of bureaus and so on. Um, Phil describes it as uh, jobs for the boys, uh, says uh, creating all these new jobs uh, to supposedly improve governments is uh, just an opportunity to give retiring civil servants ministerial positions and more directorate posts for current serving bureaucrats. Uh, I'm sure there will be uh, other ways of looking at that, uh, Phil, because um, probably tomorrow it's going to be our subject for back chat. Uh, I would guess the government reorganisation and the new appointments and the uh, new uh, ministerial team. Um, uh, another email here from uh, Michael says, uh, well, I was talking about the what we mentioned before, the efficacy of uh, Invermectin as a medicine to treat COVID-19. Um, and it comes with a link, which uh, we'll have to investigate. And that's an issue which This we has been a long-running story, hasn't it? COVID the studies update. just don't bear it out, though, yeah. as being effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. All right, well, thanks very much for that. Uh, thanks to our listeners and to everybody who wrote in. Uh, thanks to you, Anna. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be seeing you again uh, next week, I hope. A quick look at the weather before we go to the news summary and morning brew. Mainly fine and dry during the day. Top temperature around 27 degrees, moderate to fresh easterly winds, occasionally strong offshore. The outlook, a few showers in the next few days, sunny intervals on Friday. It's currently 24 degrees, humidity 40%. The red fire danger warning is in effect. An appropriate statutory minimum wage rate can prevent excessively low wages without jeopardizing the employment of grassroots workers. 
The Minimum Wage Commission is currently reviewing the statutory minimum wage rate. You are invited to send your views to the Commission on or before May 31st. For details, please visit the Commission's website at mwc.org.hk.